Check, check, check. All right. Good evening, Legacy City Church. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys will be able to worship the king of glory, the king of glory glitter on your hands. <laughs> I'm joking, but, you know, I, I want to remind you guys, um, Bill Johnson said, he, he often was asked, you know, why feathers? Why would God do that? Why would gems fall or, or glory clouds of gold dust? And he would say things like, you know, there's signs to make you wonder. You know, we, we don't chase after the signs. We chase after the one where the signs point to. And what happens like this, this little manifestation of a fine, you have to under a flashlight, but maybe it's going to increase tonight. Maybe while you're pouring out your worship to your king tonight, that, that glory, that anointing, that, that sign of his favor and goodness on you is going to increase. Maybe it's going to manifest in a different way. Maybe the lid is going to get popped off the top of your thinking tonight, and you are going to have a wisdom and revelation download from God that you didn't have before you walked in this place tonight. I don't know what God wants to do, but I know that each one of us specifically in this room have assignment on our lives. We have kingdom assignment. Jesus has predestined you for good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. And we don't all have the same assignment other than to preach the good news of the gospel. And everywhere this gospel is preached, signs should follow. So I'm not saying sparkles on your hands is going to be the sign that follows. It might be someone gets delivered from a demonic spirit. Someone gets set free from a bondage or an addiction. Someone finds out that their sins have been forgiven. I just want to declare right now, the Word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God was in Christ and in God in Christ was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting men's and women's and children's, men's sins against them. You have been forgiven. Your sin is not an issue anymore. The blood of Jesus is the final word over your life. You are free, and if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. Like, it is not going to change. You are free. You are a, the, the children of God are the sons and daughters of freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He wants to flood your heart. He wants to flood my heart. He wants um, just to continuously keep you and, you and I burning. Bill said something tonight, uh, tonight, the other night, Bill Johnson, um, that I just, I heard him say this before. And I'm going to say it again. And we're probably going to come into it again when we just go into a little bit of prayer time at the end of after worship. He said, God sets the fire. God sets the fire on the altar of your heart. God sets the fire. And he sets the fire and the priests keep it burning. You're a priest. He gave you a fire. He put a flame. It's the Holy Spirit. The person of God is inside of you, burning inside of you like a flame. You know the scripture, our God is an all-consuming fire. You received the flame of heaven. And it's your responsibility and my responsibility to keep the fire burning and glowing by worshiping, by surrendering, by yielding, by feeding ourselves on his goodness, by 
by seeking his face, by seeking after his kingdom. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. So if your fire gets dwindled down like mine had this before this week began, there's nothing wrong, there's no shame in coming into a place to have people pray for you to be reignited. The goal is that we don't have to continuously, like for us, every six months, go down to relit. But that we would learn how to steward the flame, that we would steward the presence of God. That's a prophetic word over this house, that we are, we are stewards. We are good stewards of his presence. And what does that mean? That means we walk before him with fear and trembling. We walk before him with a holy awe and reverence of who he is, the reality that he actually lives in us. We, we are regularly opening our hearts before him and before his word and saying, God, search me, know me. If there's anything in me, anything offensive, then remove it from me. Show me. I can, I'll lay it down. It's a continual laying of ourselves down, picking up our crosses and following Jesus. I mean, Paul said it. We're, we're crucified with Christ. That means there's a death that has taken place. Like the old you has been crucified with Christ. You're dead. And the life you live right now, you live by faith in the Son of God who lives in you, who lives through you. So we get the joy, the joy, we should count it a joy, right? We get the joy of surrendering and yielding on a daily basis reckoning ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. I just want to encourage you guys tonight, if you've been through like a rough season or anything, um, somebody said this weekend to us, they said, when your car runs low on oil, you add more. You don't get rid of your car. It's not your car's fault that it runs out of oil. And it just made so much sense. It's like, yeah, you just need an oil change. And... So, and there's no shame in that, that if you just feel like you're running low, just let God tonight just do an oil change on you. <laughs> Refill you, reignite your passion for him. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to present ourselves in just a few minutes here before the Lord, and we're going to just love on Jesus, spend time basking in his presence, because it's in his presence where we... We behold him. Like, come and behold him. Come and fix your face onto Jesus' face. As we behold him, he's going to transform you and he's going to transform me. He's going he's to clean the mirror of our hearts in his presence tonight so that we would better reflect him. So in worship tonight, we are gonna, it's going to go for a bit. And I wanted to include in this worship time some ministry that was, this was all from the first session of our conference. And so we're going to um, just step into the ministry and prayer time because there's, it's continuing worship. But I'm just going to just say it up front now. If, if part of that ministry time speaks to you and you want specific prayer, like hands laid on you in agreement, then just, you know, during that time, just kind of put your hand and wave it a little bit. Tammy and I, David and Kara, John and Charlie, anyone in the room might look around. If, you're, if you feel like you're ready to pray, anyone here actually, um, if you feel like you're ready to pray, just, just if you see someone's hand waving, Tammy and I are going to jump on you. And if 
if we all raise our hands, then we'll just all lay, come in a circle and lay our hands on each other. I don't know. We're going to figure it out, though. So if you guys are ready, I want to actually, I want to open up with something here. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to save that. I want to read one part of it. I was going to actually read a good portion of it. You know, when John, the, the disciple, the beloved of the Lord, the one who reclined against Jesus at the Last Supper, <laughs> John knew he was loved. He's like, who's going to betray you, Lord? Mm. You get to recline against the Lord tonight. John after Jesus was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended, Holy Spirit outpouring. He was boiled in oil as a prisoner of the Lord. He was boiled in hot oil, and it didn't kill him. And so they chained him up as a prisoner on the island of Patmos. And that's where the book of Revelation was dropped on him. He went into the Spirit on the Lord's day, it says. And he saw things that the Lord, the Spirit of God, said to write these things down. And one of the things that he saw was this scroll in heaven that had writing on both sides of it and it had seven seals. And the voice of an angel said, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And there was nobody, it says. There's nobody. I mean, John was like, broken. He's like, nobody can open. This is the gift of God. This is the heart of God on a scroll, and nobody can break it open. And it says he wept. Like, he wept, wept. Like, no one can open it. And the angel's like, stop crying. There is one. There is one who can break the seals. And I'm going to just read that part. Stop weeping. Look, the mighty lion of Judah's tribe, the root of David, he has conquered. He is the worthy one who can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then he saw Jesus, the Lamb, standing before the throne, encircled by the four living creatures, the 24 elders. He appeared to have been slaughtered, but was now alive. I'm going to jump down. It says, they were singing this song to him, this song of praise to the Lamb. Because you were slaughtered for us, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God. Out of every tribe, language, people group, and nation, you have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign on the earth. That's what the blood of Jesus has done for you and me. He has redeemed us. He has forgiven us. He has chosen us to become a priesthood. You are a priest tonight. So why don't we stand up as priests of God? Let's make this declaration and then we're going to go into worship. And I can't wait because you know that's my favorite place to be. I'm going to get lost in the presence tonight. Feel free to move around the cabin. Breathe in. Just take a deep breath of the Holy Spirit now. Just ah. Jesus breathed into his disciples' nostrils and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive more of the Holy Spirit just by breathing him in, just by saying, Father, I would like to have more of you, more of your spirit. Would you come and fill me tonight? Give me oil in my lamp. 
to keep me burning. <laughs> so here we go. Let's make this declaration. It's the Legacy City Church, a prophetic word that we've turned into a declaration. Ready? Okay, here we go. As we present ourselves to you today in this place of worship, we are believing you for heaven opened, a fresh outpouring of your spirit, eyes to see you and ears to hear your voice, intimacy and authenticity with you, miracle signs and wonders released, the impossible made possible, established in our identity in Christ, unity and like-minded in beliefs, powerful pillars in the community, excellent stewards of your presence, a training center for inner transformation, vision for the vision. Father, we thank you tonight, God. We thank you that we can come boldly before your throne. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your blood has made a way. You made a way for each one of us to come into your holy place by your blood, by your grace welcomed us to come in and tonight God we come with eager expectation to look upon your goodness to gaze upon your beauty to extol the name of Jesus to magnify King Jesus in this place so we just say let your kingdom come in Jesus name let's just give a shout of praise guys Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. We love your ministry, Holy Spirit. And just receive what the Lord is doing. He wants to do a, a personal work in each one of us. He wants to refine. He wants to ignite. He wants to set your heart ablaze with your first love, with your first love, passion for Jesus. We welcome you tonight, Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Yeah, pray in the Spirit. If you just don't get bored, don't check out, just pray in the Spirit. Just give Him thanks. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just say yes, please. Yes, please, Lord. Yes, please. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just, just fix your eyes on Jesus. Just look upon his face. Just say, hey. Yes, I see your face, Lord. I recognize your presence. We welcome your goodness and your kindness. Just, just keep soaking it in. The night is young. There's always more. There's always more. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Holy Spirit, you are lighting the fire. You are igniting the fire. You are fanning to flame the fire on the altar of our hearts tonight. God, we thank you that repentance is not a scary thing. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of direction. 
So we change our minds tonight. We let go of the things of the past. We cast off all of those hindrances, every weight, every obstacle that tries to entangle our feet. We cast those things off tonight. We drop it down in your presence, Lord. We thank you that your Holy Spirit, you're here. You're releasing freedom. You're breaking the chains. You're cracking the, the door. You're opening the door. You're shutting doors that need to be shut, and you're opening the door into new, deep intimacy with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Jesus. We look upon you. Son of God, the darling of heaven, the precious lamb, the one and only sinless, spotless Son of God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. We thank you that your blood poured out on the cross 2,000 years ago sets us free now. We thank you, God. We declare the freedom. We speak freedom. We speak the power of your blood, the power of the cross over our lives, over our families, over our workplace, over our trauma of the past, over the worries of the future. We speak your peace and we say, Peace be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that it was a joy that was set before you to go to the cross for us. Precious Jesus, holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name. Spirit, that you are renewing our minds tonight with the truth, with the truth that we've sung, with the truth of our declarations, with the truth of your ever-living, enduring word. Thank you, Lord. Hey. Hey. Just say, hey. Hey. <laughs> Just say, ho. <laughs> Come on, you guys need to wake up a little bit. Lighten up, loosen up, just wiggle your shoulders. We are children of God, and we are in his living room right now, and he wants to have fun. You know what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us what to do? He wants to teach you how to get drunk and play with fire. He wants to teach you how to get drunk and play with fire. That was, that was something that Seth Dahl, the previous children's ministry leader of Bethel Church, said when he was asked, what is your mission with this children's ministry? To teach the kids how to get drunk and play with fire. Holy Spirit wants to give you a joy, peace, hope, patience, kindness, love bomb that would explode inside of you like a detonator waiting to go off explode you on the inside and fill you with a drunkenness of his goodness i'm not talking about drunk 
throwing up, passing out. That's different. That's not what he has for you. He wants to fill you, fill you. Just put your hands out tonight. I want more. I don't know about you guys. I want more. Holy Spirit, we're asking you for more. We thank you tonight for the, for the fresh drink from your cup, the fresh drink from your well tonight, that we won't leave this place thirsty, but Holy Spirit, can we have another drink? Can we have another gulp of your goodness? We want to we play, God. We want to be the sons and daughters of God that never lose their childlike faith. Jesus, you said, unless we come in as little children, we have to come in as little children. Childlike faith. So Holy Spirit, we want to play. We want to play with your fire. We want to just release your fire. We want to throw fireballs at each other of your presence, of your goodness. If that's too weird, don't, don't check out. Don't check out. Just... It's too late to check. No, don't check out, though. Don't check out. Yeah. Sometimes, okay, so I'm going to be honest. I've seen people do physical motions to release a spiritual reality, and it, it tweaked me at first. And then I just learned in the secret place to spend time with God, to reach out my hands, and to feel His tangible presence. He wants to make his relationship with you and me real. We, we walk by faith, not by sight. I would add to that, not by feeling. We don't walk by the feelings, but because we're believers, I believe it's his joy to tangibly release his presence on us. The Bible says that the spirit of God that he's placed inside of you testifies that you are a child of God. The Spirit of God in you bears witness. You, you know it. You know when you've seen other believers in the marketplace, you've come across other believers in, in gatherings and places, and you know there's this kindred spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And he jumps with joy in you, and he jumps in, with joy in them, just like Mary when she was carrying Jesus in her womb, and she walked into Elizabeth's house, and the greeting of Mary made the baby John the Baptist in the womb leap. There's a bearing of witness. But he wants to pull you by the hand. He wants to wrap his arms around your shoulders, around your waist, and pull you into himself. Like he wants you and I to get lost in his presence where nothing else matters. We have no fear, we have no worries, no anxieties, where sickness, where things going on around us in the world, it just all fades away. When you and I, on that final day, step through the veil, we take our final breath in this physical body and we step through the veil, all of this stuff is going to fall off. Everything that, that bothers you, that you weigh, and get concerned with now, it's all going to fade away. It's just all gone. Nothing will matter except for the one who stands before you, the one who will stand before you welcoming, 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 
welcoming you into his eternal bliss. He's got a feast that he's been preparing, a, a mansion that he's been preparing, a banquet table with your name and your chair right there waiting for you. And he's going to, he's going to, I don't know what he's going to do, but I know it's going to be good because he's been preparing it for the last 2,000 years. God lights the fire on the altar of your heart. Priests keep the fire burning. If, if nothing else speaks to you tonight, when you go out of this place, know that God has given you a flame. He's given you a fire. And you are a priest of God Most High. You are a, a royal priest, and you get to tend to the flame that's in your heart. You know, the proverb says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Your heart isn't your blood-pumping muscle. Your heart is your innermost being, your spirit. The spirit man, the spirit woman that is inside of you that will one day zip open this tent and step out into eternity. Because the tent that you're in right now is not going to live forever. But the real you inside of this body of flesh and blood is eternal. And that, that spirit man, that spirit woman inside of you and me, we get to guard it. We get to guard. We are, we are entrusted and, and, and put in charge of guarding that, that person, guarding yourself. Not like being afraid of everything that might come across your path that it's going to you know, kill you or something. But guarding, guard your heart, what you, what you take in. Your body is like a well and your spirit is like the water joined with the Holy Spirit who's the living water who brought you to life. And we need to guard the wellspring, the heart. Because out of your heart, out of my heart, out of our hearts flow the issues of life. He's really good at purifying our hearts. You just got to ask. And on a regular basis, maybe it's on, in your daily quiet time, just present your heart before him and just say, here it is again. Because there's no better joy, there's no greater joy than to take your core of who you are, the real you, and with joy come before Jesus in the, in the morning, in the middle of the day, whenever, and to say, Lord, here I am. I give you my heart. I worship you. I love you, God. You saved me. I give you my all. I surrender. Would you come and would you fill my heart? Would you set my heart on fire today? Or whatever it looks like for you. <laughs> Do you guys have some insight, prophetic stuff that you feel like you're holding on to and waiting for the opportunity? I'll, I'll ask the same, John and Charla, you guys too? Okay. Okay. I'll ask my dad too. If you have something, some, something burning in your heart that you have for the, all of us to hear that God dropped in, 
You gave it all to Jesus tonight. Okay. I'm not, and I'm referring to anything like a, a prophetic encouragement, a word that will build up, will comfort, will exhort. Is that your hand? I thought you were. Okay. Johnny. I love this place. God makes his dwelling here. He comes down to, to communion with us, to visit us, to talk to us, to walk with us. Every time we get ready for church, I come expecting full. I told Tammy I wore a black shirt expecting to see some of this gold shirt. <laughs> but I always come expecting, and Jesus is always here. There's nuggets of gold. You know, like you were talking about the refiner's fire. Out of that comes nuggets. And it, and it just it can fill your heart. You could put it in your pockets <laughs> and you pull it out when you get home. You know, it's just, there's nuggets of gold here. And it's just, every time, you know, I, I feel the presence of the Lord here. I feel peace. I feel joy for sure. You know, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. That's it. So encouraging. So encouraging. I just want to encourage you guys. The presence of the Lord shows up in our in our gatherings because we have a, a genuine, humble expectation that that's His will, and so we run into His will and expect it. So I, we have no problem anticipating and believing that His presence will come because we've put Him first. At the same time, each one of us in the room bring your personal measure of Holy Spirit with you and you release them. And as we come together and worship as one, all of the streams will flow as one river and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So just keep that in mind. He's gonna come. He will always show up when we worship him because he inhabits the praises of his people and you are releasing him through your worship, through your expression. So it's just as, it's equally as important that we learn how to learn, recognize who is in us, who we carry, and who we are letting loose. And it's not just for here, but we're going to speak about that for a few minutes. When John was speaking, I was reminded that, you know, I've been learning to expect Holy Spirit more and more. Like... God the Father fills the universe and he's closer than we than we can think he is. And he's always available whenever we call out to him. So I'm becoming more and more expectant to just feel his presence or to know that he's there. And it's almost, you know, I try to think like, what's a picture of that? You know, when I go to the sink, I expect that when I turn on the faucet, the water is going to be there. That's how dependable the faucet is. And that's where we're getting in our spiritual walk, even all together here, we're getting to that place where we know 
God is, God's more dependable than that sink. He's more dependable than anything else. And so we can, when we go to him, we can fully expect he will respond to us. And, you know, like what you're saying about protecting that fire, you know, there, there's a story about when the Israelites are going in to conquer the land, and at one time there was some mixture where the Israelites were taking Midianite wives, and God told them that he didn't want that, and they needed to correct that. Well, one Israelite tried to bring in a Midianite woman before the entire nation of Israel and into the temple. And it was Phineas, a priest, who, now this is a really strong example, but he took a spear and, and put it through those two people because they were in direct disobedience of God. It was because the Israelites was bringing mixture into the camp and bringing mixture. The woman, it wasn't, it, that woman was, was also, you know, the Midianites served other gods. And God said, you shall have no other gods before me. I don't want you marrying Midianite women or you're going to be taken away to other gods. And so in, in the same way, like what you're saying, protecting that fire, there's things in the world that try to come in things of mixture and we have to be those priests that literally take up that javelin and stop that thing from coming into our hearts be ready to pick up that javelin in the spirit and take out anything that is not of god there's the javelin it's the sword of the spirit. Yeah. And there was one more thing that with the whole we want to see more and more of the presence of God and the manifestations. And I don't want to um, diminish any of it. But I, I kind of wonder, it's like if when we see, it says that God is more precious than like gold and silver and rubies. And I kind of wonder when we get to that point where we experience God so much that even if there was gold dust on us or something, like we would just be so enamored with God and what he was doing, like, The gold is just like dust to us because Jesus is so amazing. I don't know. But the manifestations is that one is the wonder of God. So be expecting. I'm totally expecting. There's a lot more. Johnny. Here's Johnny again. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I was thinking, I came, I came expecting, and, and God showed up. But it's, it's like people like you and you, you and you, <laughs> Scott and Tammy, <laughs> and everybody else that, you know, they, they went down to Bethel. 
And those people, when you get close to somebody, I mean, in the worldly, in the secular world, don't come, don't pop, don't come within his bubble. You know, that offends people. But for holy people, you gather with holy people, and this, it, it washes off to you. It just, it just amalgamates you, you know. And that's where you place yourself with like-minded people, but with holy people. And we step to the altar, we come holy. But as these two, it's brought, uh, I don't know, manna? <laughs> They brought something back with them. And it's going to be continually coming out of their bellies, you know. But that's, it's when you get close to somebody that's gotten close to a bunch of somebody's. But that's the same here, you know. When when we get close to each other, you know, it's, a lot of times I used to just, <laughs> at, at revivals, you know, I'd walk by people, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is they brought something back and they're feeding us. I mean it's just come it's just melting. It's just you know, it's building. You're over spilling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So David when David and Kara on to to their four day conference David had a vision when he went out. We don't know how long that lasted you, but it was a vision of the wine barrel pouring wine into other barrels. And I feel like, and one of these, probably not tonight, but maybe uh, next Sunday, just have you guys kind of, if if you feel like you've processed that whole week yet, (laughs) you know, just maybe share some of that good stuff. And same with us. I I know there's some things that we want to share too that we're still processing. But the, the thing is, so like there, there is an impartation. Like we go to get an impartation. We go to get not just filled because I can get filled in my car on the way to work. I can get filled in this room by myself, in the shower. I can just lift up. When you begin to worship the Lord by giving yourself to him as a living sacrifice, you get filled. But when there are key gatherings that are very they're not just ah let's have a gathering and invite whoever no these are are well thought out well prayed through strategic god uh, what's the word divine appointments that god orchestrates through willing people who will listen and pray and ask him who who to bring in at what times and and so for that conference there was an impartation now we got some some impartation from many people because they're like octopus room, you know. Everyone's slapping in their hands on everybody. I mean, I don't know who was all touching me. Tammy could see some people and you're just like, all you know is, is people are blessing you and stuff is breaking off. That first night, that worship set, it continued on with even more ministry after that, but they a whole bunch of guys, um, some of you know Michael Proctor, Mike and Penny and Nolala that have come in. Um, he kind of got me set up. He, he, it was a divine setup. He sent these guys to come over and lay hands on me. And I something broke off. I just, man, I was like, they, and they were speaking over me. They're talking to me about how the Father delights over me. And, 
and that he's, I can't even remember, but it was all going deep in my spirit. It was softening me and cracking the outer shell off so I could be a ready, absorbent sponge for the next, for the following few days. But we, but we get that, whatever you have received, freely you've received, freely you can give. So what we get to impart on a Sunday night after being at that gathering, so you guys get to do it. Like we had glory glitter on our hands, not knowing you guys would get it if we put our hands on you. And now we still got to get you. You. <laughs> Denise. Your mom and dad even got the glow. I mean, I don't know if your mom got it or other than the electricity. You were getting the jolts. So anyway, we'll probably try to take some time and unpack that um, a little bit next Sunday. But I do want to just, we're going to end with communion. It's 8 o'clock. I'm going to mention um, this was a different conference. Normally, there's a good amount of Bill preaching. Whoa. There's a good amount of Chris Vallotton preaching. Whoa. There's a good amount of other people. Whoa. Okay, we're being silly. We're being goofy. Donna Da Silva, yeah. Depends on who they've got as a lineup. But Bill, in 2019, before COVID, was going to have Ed Silvoso, who is a 78-year-old, 79. I can't remember what he said, but he's almost 80. Almost 80-year-old apostle that is the father of a major movement. He's one of, um, what's the guy's name, the Apostolic Reformation guy? It'll click it. Peter Wagner. So Peter Wagner, who's with the Lord, he was an instrumental uh, man that God used to break open the, ap- the new Apostolic Reformation. In other words, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers have always been around, but the church somehow forgot to recognize their actual existence. You'd probably have an apostle standing right in front of you, but they didn't know they still existed until God began to bring renewal and reformation and awakening through outpourings of the Holy Spirit and recognizing apostles are still in existence. Prophets are still for today. And so Peter Wagner, focusing, I think, mainly on the apostolic, Ed Silvoso is one of his spiritual sons. And and his, Ed's ministry oversees, I think he said, 20, 29,000 pastors in I don't know how many countries. And, you know, we've all, most of us have heard of the Seven Mountain Mandate. Do you guys know what that is? Just a real brief thing. The Seven Mountain Mandate, I'm not going to talk about the origins of it. You could call it Seven Mountains, Seven Spheres, Seven Areas of Society that we all move in and out of, at least one or two of those probably. Um, And those seven mountains are uh, the church world. You've got government, education, finance, arts and entertainment, and something I probably forgot in there, family. Um, So anyway, like Cheryl is working with the school district, so she's on the mountain of education. I'm a postal worker, which would be government and business mixed as well as a husband and a father, so the the mountain of family, and we lead a church, so we're on the church mountain too. Whatever mountain you are on, you're on one. You have at least one that you, and you may not think you're on a mountain. Like, you could be a school janitor. Your mountain is, your government, (laughs) government? Your mountain 
would be education, even if you're a janitor. You're on that mountain at some place. So what the, what the seven mountain mandate is, is Christians, all of us, not just church leaders, church mountain people, but all of us are in the ministry. We have all been called to do the work of the ministry. And the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and pastor te and teacher equip all of us to become effective in those five areas that they carry, being apostolic, becoming prophetic, becoming evangelistic, becoming pastoral, becoming able to teach and be teachable, I would add. Um, all of those are important for you and I to know when we go onto our mountain. I'm going to go into my mountain Tuesday morning. I get one more day off after however many days. It's been awesome. So, so Ed brought it to another level. And I would encourage you guys, we did get this book for these guys because they've had prophetic words about being called to the business world, entrepreneurship. So we didn't like buy stacks of books. Can't fit much in your suitcase when you're already packed with lots of stuff. So I'm going to just tell you one thing. I, I bookmarked one thing because I'm going to give them this book tonight. Here's, here's an example. I'll try not to bend up your book. Where is it? I thought I was on the page here where it, it talked about, um, oh, part. It's about the first church. So, so think about the, the birth of the church, okay? The apostles of Jesus, they saw their, their, their leader, their king, who they thought was going to come and, and establish his throne in, in Jerusalem and, and make Israel triumphant right then and there. And he surprised them. He fulfilled the prophecies that he would be first the suffering servant. And when they watched him get crucified and killed and buried, not realizing that there was going to be a resurrection and then watching that happen. This is how they began. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, they weren't in the temple. They weren't in a church service. This is just, let me read just a small part. The church was not conceived in the physiological sense of the word inside a religious building such as the temple or a synagogue. Rather, it started in the upper room of a private home. Do you have a, a, a room in your home? Got at least one if you live in a studio, right? The church was birthed in a private home, the upper room. The upper room place where the disciples gathered during the gestation period of the church was the spiritual equivalent of the human womb. What was the upper room like? We usually picture it no larger than a shack. In musicals and Easter programs, it's depicted as a tiny place about the size of a small hut. I've never pictured it that small, actually, but, you know, maybe people did. But when we stop and think about it, we can see that it must have been a very large place because 120 men and women were staying there. I could just keep on reading out of that, but actually, one more thing. Page 105, I had to just carefully browse ahead. You know, I want to give someone a book. I don't want to ruin it and bend it up. There's a whole list here of different scriptures from the book of Acts and the Gospels 
of the Holy Spirit falling down on the people. And this, these are the locations. House, house. I won't give you the reference. These are all in Acts. Acts 9, Acts 9, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, Acts 14, Acts 16. So it was house, home, city streets, home, 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 Gentile home, prison, a palace, city streets, city streets, city streets, city streets. I prophesy over us tonight that the city streets are going to experience the Holy Spirit's presence because you and I, the ecclesia, the church, are not trapped in the stinking four walls of this building. We are not called to be trapped here and only do the work of ministry here. Ed preached where two or more gathered. Jesus said this, right? Okay, it's Ed, Ed, Ed Silvoso. But Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. I've heard that scripture so many times and it's so nice, you know. I'm going to have coffee with a buddy. We're going to go to Starbucks and encourage each other, you know. And we know where two or more are gathered, Jesus is in our midst. No, Jesus is in your midst. Two or more. You find a co-worker. You find a neighbor. Find someone else in your house, if there's you know, more than one of you. And you welcome the presence of Jesus, the manifest presence of the Lord, to come and, and release an expression of his church in that place. The testimonies that Ed has, so I really, this was my free copy because I went. They gave, they gave you a goodie bag. I got my goodie bag. I don't know if Ethan looked in it or not, but he's looking for it right now, I think. <laughs> we all got a goodie bag and we got a copy of the Ecclesia. Ecclesia, if you don't know, just most of you know, but it's the Greek word for church. When Jesus said that I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not overcome it. He, the word was ecclesia, and it was not a Bible word of the time. It was a, a word that was used in that day and age for the, the governing, ruling people, a group of people established to make decisions. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try to teach on that because my brain's not that fresh with it. But the ecclesia, the church, the churches, the expressions of the body of Christ were not meant just to be in the temple. It's in the streets. That revelation, the anointing that Ed, Dr. Ed, I presume, Dr. Ed Silvoso released an impartation. He didn't even lay hands on people. He just said, stand up, put your hands out. I release the impartation. You know, he has this really strong Argentina accent. Kind of sounds like he's talking like this. In fact, I would love, if any of you want to hear, if any of you want to hear some of the sessions, I can get copies of the sessions for you guys to hear. I'm going to tell you now, though, it is hard to understand everything he says. Just saying it. But his anointing that he released when, he, when it came to speaking about the ecclesias, the, where two or more gathered, and shifting the atmosphere over our city. This thin little booklet, I'm going to get more of these because this, it's called My, My City, God City, How to Change the Spiritual Climate Over Your City. They watched the, the city that they're in in Argentina. I can't remember the name of it. It's like 450,000 people. Over 250,000 are now born again, 
filled with the Spirit believers attending different churches. And it, they watched it go like a domino effect. And it's because of practicing and, and stepping out in this where two or more are gathered. You had people in prisons, you had people in, in schools, in medical facilities who began to find another believer to bring the presence of Jesus, the manifest presence of the Lord into that place. Some of what he did at the very beginning too is he would go out and would bless their city and, and declare, yeah, bless, blessing the city and declaring and just calling forth what hasn't happened yet in that city. And he said he could see it starting to change just in doing that. And it was just, it was so good, so good. So we did that on our way home as we drove through the city. We just started blessing our city and prophesying over the city. And that's something that's actually been on our hearts more recently is to go back and do prayer drives again. And um, so we're going to increase and on times that it's, the weather is good is even walk some of the streets and just pray over pray over the streets and they he said when they did that crime started dropping so we need there somebody just put on that's kind of fun being on here um on one of the bremerton facebook pages about saying oh did somebody sage bremerton and saying somebody's like well we need it over on this street and i'm like hmm so i'm like i don't want it i don't want to go do it right away on that street because I don't want to, them to think that it's something other than it, what it really is. But it's like you get little insights of these streets that need, I mean, obviously restricting these Jesus, but that people are like, are, something's going on with our block. We need some help. So um, we're going to start start doing that even more. We're going to increase what we're what we're doing. So yeah. So you know, we've all had stirrings of this kind of thing before, but I'm telling you there was an impartation that Ed Silvoso released. And honestly, he said, he, he gave a word, he believes in the next eight months, if something doesn't begin, if the church, the ecclesia doesn't begin to, to start releasing the blessing of heaven in the, the different spheres, we're going to a dangerous place. He spoke on, on the reality of when the government is not ruled by the kingdom of God. And when the education system and the, the economic system, those three together, it's like when the enemy gets the, the main hold on those spheres, things start to see what we're seeing right now in the world. But we have time. He believes there's eight months to, for the church to rise up and begin to, to shift things. So. I would actually really like to challenge all of us to start doing either prayer walks or prayer drives and start documenting like when you start and what changes happen because I think it'd be super interesting to be able to share that with everyone here. And um, one thing that, so on the highway when you go to Silverdale, there was that coffee shop that was a bikini barista or whatever. Every time we drive by that, we're like, Lord, give these girls yeah yeah um close this place down help these girls to value themselves and not work there anymore and it was just a couple weeks ago 
we drove by and I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing there anymore. It got shut down. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. And so we want to, that's the kind of thing we want to start seeing in our city is just declaring and, and seeing some of these, I mean, he's seen it on his old route where, I won't, where some businesses got closed down that should not be there. And so we want to, we want to keep doing that. And so, but if you do it, I would, I'm going to start writing down like when we go and people like to put stuff on Facebook. And so I'm going to start watching and seeing if neighborhoods, people are like, our neighborhood's so quiet now. I don't know what's happening. So, yeah. So this is like a 40 page little booklet. I'm going to get some of these as soon as possible so that it can help us as singles, couples, whatever, as families to, to begin to do these things with a little bit of emphasis and direction from Ed Silvoso. I think it's going to be helpful. Uh, we need to wrap up and have communion together as a, as a yes and amen to the night because Jesus paid for everything. Like it, This does not depend on our efforts. This depends on us pulling on heaven for what Jesus paid for and then taking it out there. Like we're going to pull it down and we're going to release it. We're going to pull down the grace of God, the, the love of God for, that we receive for ourselves, and we're going to take it into our, to the dark places and begin to read. It, it might feel hard. You, know? you might be like, oh, there's probably a, a, a pimp who's you know, running these prostitutes. You know, or he said, like, uh, it was uh, actually Chris Vallotton. He walked a, a city, a small town that God told him to, and God was like, there's a child molester in that house. These, there's children being molested. And he just prayed. Every, he just walked up and down the street and it was pitch black. Anyway, that's a different story. You might feel like they, they need to be cursed. But God has not called us to, we all know this, we have been called to release the blessing, to bless our enemies. That's why I had that word. I, I couldn't like go unpack it, but I had heard that. And it just, so what you went through last week, I was like, we bless our enemies that come against us in 21 directions. And, but we curse that spirit that's behind this. We, we ask God to uproot it, expose it, and to drive it out. And, and he talked about principalities. Like, did you know you can't cast out a principality? You can't cast out. Principalities are not the same as a demon. You can cast a demon out of somebody, but a regional principality, you cannot cast them out. You displace them. As the kingdom expands in a region, it displaces that principality, whatever that principality's main influence is. So anyway, oh, we're gonna take communion. One last thing real quick. So Tammy gotta share that part about um, the barista, yeah, the, that coffee shop. When I had that route downtown, we weren't in this space and uh, I hated it. I had callow. Did you know that callow means, uh, what does it mean? Rebellious child. Rebellion or rebellious child. Don't live on callow. <laughs> if you do, pray to change the name of that. <clears throat> or just come against the meaning of that name. But anyway, I had that first block, which I was like, thank God, because the next block over was all the porn shops. And there was like freaking no way am I going to go into those places to give them mail. I don't want to touch the door handle. It's disgusting. I know what goes on in those places. And anyway, 
So I had the first block and then they did a, a, a route adjustment on all of our routes and they totally screwed up a pretty decent route. I had the whole hillside above the shipyard and it, I could see the mountains, Mount Rainier, the Eagles. It was pretty chill, it was cool. A lot of walking, but it was nice. Then they redid our, our boundaries and then they gave me that block of callow. And I was like, no, no. So what did I do? Half the businesses at that time were like, not even a business. It was like a door with a glass window and it was papered over. And okay, I got a piece of mail. Do I try to open it? And one door was open. I'm like, I can see people and they're like, they're slumped over like in a closet or something. It was just weird. The tattoo shops, you know, hey, God bless them. I would love to minister. I can handle a tattoo shop. I, I can't, I just could, I can't go in to the porn shop because I don't, I just don't want to be seen walking in and out of that. I'm a, I'm a pastor. The last thing people need to see is me coming out of that. I, yeah, I'd be dressed up like a mailman, but still, I just don't want to, and I don't want to be in that atmosphere. If God said, I'm giving you grace to go in, and you release my breath, then I would have done it, but I just, it's gross. Really gross. So, long story short, because this boy's hungry and wants to get home soon. Don't worry, you're going to get a snack in just a minute. You're good. I'm, I'm just razzing you. I love this kid. We go way back. <laughs> 18 years back. Anyway, okay. When I walked that block, I, I prayed in tongues all the way down the one side of the street, crossed over, and all the way down the other side of the street. I would go into the businesses. Obviously, I wasn't praying in tongues when I went in. But I would just, just like, put the door, mail through the door slot. Next one. Get to the porn shop. like they come out to the door they open the door and they're like you can come in and I'm like if you don't mind I'd rather knock and just hand it to you if you're cool with that they hardly ever got much mail it was fine with Elmo's it was fine with what at the time was turf turf news or whatever but when I knocked on the adult theaters door man that guy was pissed Oops, I'm gonna have to edit he he was he was fuming. This is family here. He was so, like, he's, he's a big Native American guy. And he was like, why are you knocking on the door? I have customers in here who don't want to be disturbed. I'm like, okay. I didn't need to know that. But he, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, if you don't mind. Yes, I mind. I mean, just we went back and forth. He was really irate. Well, anyway, they really didn't get mail and Actually, there was a couple times where I had first-class mail that I had to deliver. So I, I had first-class mail, and I'm like, okay, he's going to get really angry if I knock on the door. I just kind of, I think I might have just, like, pushed. might have been one of those doors that you just push open. And I could see, like, within this many feet, he was right there behind a glass. And so I'm just like, here you go. <laughs> Slip it there, and I'm like, out of there. That's as far as I went. I'm like, I'm like, ah. but this is what I did. Okay, now I'm at the end of the story here. My next block was up above those, those shops. There's condos and old houses. And I would walk 
and see the rooftops and I just put out my hand and I was just like praying in the spirit and I was like, I don't even know, binding the enemy, just rebuking the spirit. I knew that there is a, a, a decades old stronghold in that place. Something has been opened up in the spirit by terrible, bad stuff that people are doing there. Prostitution or whatever people are doing. Something was opened up. So I just prayed, I, even not there, but above it especially, but even when I wasn't there, I asked God that you would close these places down, cause them to catch on fire or something when no one's there. Like, because they're so old, they wouldn't rebuild something like that. They're disgusting old buildings that are probably full of rats. Well, it wasn't long after this route came open, and I was so thankful that I got it because I bid on it, and no one else seemed to want a business route. And my friend Oren, who got out, didn't even bother to tell me, which, I don't know, I guess he didn't think he needed to or why I'd be interested, but the one shop closed down. Unfortunately, the elderly gentleman that ran the place passed and it got cleaned up, closed up. And I thought the second one was on its way out too, but apparently they revamped. I'm just saying, if we do this, if we are strategic and aggressive at whatever God calls you to do, whatever area, even if it's just driving by, putting your hand out the window and just blessing, blessing those families, blessing those people, that business, we're going to release the kingdom. So let's take communion together, guys. Okay, so since this is not the Scott and Tammy show, I'm going to ask somebody, somebody who feels, somebody who feels ready, would you uh, lead us through the taking of the body of Christ, the bread? Just raise your hand. I've got a hand right over here. This is not it. 
Hmm. Well, I had, I had bookmarks on there for about a month. Yeah. I was supposed to do community and I didn't. <laughs> so this is not it. We'll do it anyway. Lord God, uh, we just praise your holy name. We know that this bread was broken. As your body was broken, Lord God. That you were sacrificed for us, Lord God. And you said that you were the bread of life, Lord God. And we just we just thank you for that, Lord God. And he said, Jesus at the Last Supper, he uh, took the bread and broke it and prayed over it. And then he said, take this bread because it is my body. And do this often in remembrance of me. So let's, let's all just take partake in the bread. Jesus. You want to do the cup? We thank you, Father, that you sent your one and only Son for us to be the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, the pure and spotless Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. It was done once and for all. And now we've been restored back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Let's drink. we stand we're just going to close in prayer thank you lord <clears throat> thank you jesus for our inheritance thank you lord that you have given us an inheritance of spiritual blessing and riches beyond our comprehension and we can truly say that you paid it all thank you lord Praise be to the Lord, my rock. Yeah, Lord, we just bless everyone this evening. We declare your favor, your blessing over every heart and mind in this room, those that aren't with us, our family. Yeah, we just de we declare the blessing of God, the blessing of Jesus over every heart and mind. Favor. We speak health, kingdom health. And even tonight as we rest, when we lay our heads on our pillows, God, we, we just declare that there will be divine encounters. Our bodies may be asleep, but our spirit man, our spirit woman is awake and alive in your presence. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and minister life to us. 
cleanse us, uproot things while we sleep, God. Just do your divine surgery as we lay on our beds tonight. Thank you, God, that there are those in this room who have had health concerns in different areas that are going to be removed tonight. We speak that now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.